Good morning. Good morning. Can can people listening? Can y'all tell yeah. that this is morning? Vo- we got the morning yeah. voices on. I have my throat coated with some yogurt, some foyer. And and that's how it's pronounced. It says it right there on the packaging. Pronounced fa yay. Okay, My favorite. Okay. <laughs> we decided to do a bit of a morning session this time because we want to keep the the pace going. We've been doing doing it every week. I haven't been releasing it every week. We have been recording every week. Yeah. And at this rate, I feel like we're on a good track to continue. Uh, this is the halfway point of. Season three. It's only halfway. Yeah. Oh, wow, dude. (laughs) 10 episodes. Okay. Okay. We just listened to a two-parter and I was just thinking it's going to be very hard for us. I don't know how we're going to break up the finale because it's a four-part episode. And I just know we're not going to want to wait to see the every next episode and that (laughs) four-parter. Maybe, maybe do we, do we maybe like book off? like a four hour day and like, and watch record, watch record, watch record. Now oh, that's, man. that seems untenable that I don't have the a stamina four day, that. four day sequence. I could four days in a row. I think that's more realistic than a, than a four hour recording marathon. You're going to, you're going to really want to see the ending after every, because ordinarily you would just sit down and watch the whole thing. You probably watched like the last three episodes with this four part episode. It's really, well, it really is building by, so much. What do you mean by ordinarily? Because when this aired way back in the day, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. It's, but I'm saying like in this day and age, your streaming habits, you say yeah, you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you watch it a, a couple episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. at a time, typically. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm the, I'm the odd man out that watches one at a time and then yeah, turns it off. You're weird, dude. You're weird. <laughs> no, you're, you're normal. We're all fucked up. But, um, you know, subjectively you're, you're weird. I, uh, Oh man, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be, but but I can eat. But the thing is, like, I yeah. get so much joy off of recounting every it's episode true. with you. Yeah, and I think that if we do all four together, there's gonna be a lot that I lose out on. Like, I don't get to gush on. <laughs> it's true because if 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 we do all four at once, it's gonna be a longer podcast episode. That's but gonna it's be still so, gonna be shorter. Yeah than if we do like one yeah. i don't know i i and it's deserving they're great episodes yeah so i i am of the mind like i would rather wait a week i want to okay. indulge yeah. but you know i leave it to your judgment you're the producer no no i i agree with that um i also think i was thinking back people will rewatch. like when i talk to people about hey we have a po- i have a podcast me and my friend peter we have a podcast about Avatar The Last Airbender, they're like, oh, cool, I should give it a watch. And then the next they week, they've watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so pe- people just go, yeah. in general, too fast through TV, I think. Yeah. Especially because this show is so easy. It's like 22 minutes. It's a light snack, yeah. You can really watch a lot of it at a time. Yeah. But I think, think about all the, this is why I do what I do, is think about how much more you've really got to chew on everything by stretching it out over three years instead, yeah. of, instead yeah. of one week. No, for sure. I And I've thought about this a while ago, but I think like part of the reason that Netflix is struggling with getting like a sitcom going is that like there is a, the cadence and like repetition throughout the year that we have with like 
traditional sitcom characters, I think creates like a bond, like, like in friends and like the office. It's true. Yeah. Um, I feel this with like characters in books because I can't binge a book because I'm not a good reader. (laughs) Yeah. But like for sure through this show, like, especially when I re listen to some of our podcast episodes, like I resonate with Zuko and Aang in different parts of my life. Like I'm going through different things in my own life as they are kind of progressing in their story. Mm-hmm. So I have the surface area for connectivity for me feels much deeper, I think. Nice. Yeah. And I think there's something to that, to that like binging doesn't allow for. I totally agree. I mean, that's why I just have a hard time. Well, I have a hard time getting into any sitcom, really. The yeah. only one, the only few that I've ever like watched more than like five episodes of mm. would be The Office, Seinfeld, Parks and Rec. You're just then, naming a bunch of sound. <laughs> that's that's a lot. I don't know. Well, that, this is like my whole life. I'm talking about. You know. Yeah, you're not. Um, a, you're not a big sitcom guy for sure. No, 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 no. Because I like, watched I know, all of them. I've watched all of them. Oh, now that I think about all, it. What do you mean all? Like, what other ones are there? No, like every all the ones you mentioned. But like, I mean, oh, okay. I've watched yeah. Friends. I've watched The Office. I've watched Seinfeld. I've watched twice. Like that's mm-hmm. that became my favorite. I, I watched it like the latest sequentially. I, I've watched the, the most recent. But I've watched it yeah. twice and it's my favorite. I don't know if you would call 30 Rock a sitcom, but I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah I think so. I don't so. know if you would call Arrested Development a sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of has its own thing, but like that comes close to Seinfeld for me. But it's a little bit more of yeah. like a writer's show. Like like some comedians are like comedians, comedians. It's like a TV lover. It's like a writer's show, you know, like a How Much Your Mother was That's, I was gonna say yeah, yeah was really good until the finale kind of ruined it kind of like Game of Thrones um, oh I didn't I don't know about that whole they just kind of botched thing. the they just kind of botched the ending is it time to get into it yeah yeah let's do it we got a theme song and it goes like this <laughs> welcome back everybody to Avatar the first viewing. This is the podcast where first-time watcher of the show Avatar The Last Airbender goes through and watches the entire series from start to finish alongside an Avatar expert. I'm your Avatar expert, Eli. I'm your Avatar newbie, and my name is Peter. Good morning, everyone. Today we watched Season 3, Episode 10, The Day of the Black Sun, The Day of Black Sun, Part 1, The Invasion. Overall thoughts on this episode, Peter? It was good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Next section. Uh, <laughs> predictions. Uh, they're going to invade more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Best part, when they invaded. Worst part, when they didn't invade. <laughs> Bogus thesis. Uh, invasion, bad. I don't know. <laughs> Overall thoughts? Action-packed. A little bit, not two-dimensional, but it, it was... It was an action episode, so yeah. it, it, it didn't invest heavily in other aspects. My prediction around like Avengers Endgame, ragtag gang like coming together and being all action packed and cool, like I think that kind of half came to fruition in this episode. It's clearly like a part oneer because it, it, it exactly it, it, it kind of it's setting up a bunch of story beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For part there, two. There's a like the other shoe hasn't dropped yet at all. I did want to record the episode after just the part one, but it's almost like I, I can't fully give the verdict yet. Mm-hmm. But but the episode was great. It was it was very action packed. A lot of familiar faces. So that I mm-hmm. always love, like when I was a kid, I always loved like crossover episodes between like Timmy Turner and Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> and like Dexter's Lab and 
the other stuff. Yeah, like, like, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and even in Marvel, when you have like crossovers, like I, I eat it up and it, yeah. it's always that feeling when uh, you get the ragtag band of characters together. So that was fun. You know what this almost felt like what? this episode is uh, this is kind of a trope in video games. Yeah. It's like, especially in like big RPGs, like the game will have you. It'll be like, you know, at the end of the game, it's like, all right, there's going to be this big battle. And so like the course of the game is you recruiting people to help you. Yeah. You do these quests, you go to this place, you do that, you complete that. And then they're like, we will join you in your fight at the end. And then <laughs> when you get to the end, I, I'm <laughs> to talk about game in particular, Mass Effect 3, every person that you recruit when you go to the last mission, <laughs> you show up there and you see them and it's like seven people. <laughs> We're here to help you save the universe. It's like. You, you, that's all you could bring. Yeah, that's... you have a planet, a planet full of people. You brought seven people. Lame. But this kind of reminded me of that, but it, it was a little bigger than that. Yeah. But especially when when you have this first scene of people of the people coming together, it does evoke that. It's like this guy. Remember this guy? Yeah. Who'd he bring? One of the person. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. It did. <laughs> it did feel like you're gonna take on. The entirety of like the Fire Nation with ten people. Okay. Yeah. Usually, when that's the case, it's not an all-out assault. Usually, it's yeah. like, all right, we have a small crew, but we're gonna do it. We're yeah. gonna like be sneaky about it, or we're yeah, gonna yeah, trick yeah, yeah, them, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But they I just think, went straight up the front gate. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like a. It was such a hail mary. Like, let's just try and like get lucky, kind of plan. Yeah, if they were a lot more covert, I think it would have made sense. Right. I do have a lot of qualms about this episode. Yeah. But it was not about that. Like, I think I'm being a stickler and like, we'll talk about it. But there's a lot of things I'm like, eh, that's kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's do the the newbie recap. Then we'll get into that. Yep, yep. I will keep it really simple. Basically, the Ang gang meet up with Sokka's dad and forces that he brought at the rendezvous point on the day of the Black Sun. And turns out he's recruited characters such as the Swamp Monster or the Swamp, <laughs> the Swamp Benders. The Wheelchair Jimmy Kid is back. I, I did not yeah. expect that. The one, I remember the episode you said this character is absolutely yeah, yeah, not yeah. coming I back. Was, this and is, he did. Put it on the put it on the bulletin board of predictions. I got absolutely wrong. I think this is like third or yeah. fourth. The inventors came back with like all this military gear and stuff. Uh, the boulder, like the boulder. Toff's Toff's wrestling buddies who are actually pretty jacked, which makes sense. And then like, is it Smellerby? Is it Jets friends? I don't know who the other it's, ones were. That is the Duke and Pipsqueak. Yeah, who is that? I forget. That's the other members of Jet's crew. Okay, so we okay, had okay. Smellerby and Longshot before. I These see. are the other ones. Okay, okay. And then um, there was also Hugh and I have... Haru. The, oh, Haru. And I'm like, who? <laughs> who? You're, remember the... <laughs> it's because he had the mustache. You don't recognize him. Uh, he's the guy from the... I think this is like episode three of the whole oh, series. Jesus. Yeah. I was fully like... I. <laughs> I'm like, this was never in the, this is a <laughs> continuity error. This person was no. never in the show. <laughs> He's the guy, if you remember, when they first go to the Earth Nation, and then there's this kid that Katara meets, and that kind of has sort of feelings for him a little bit, not really, but he is from a town and they've like not allowed anyone in the town to earthbend. Everyone gets taken prisoner 
and then they lead the prisoner escape. Do you remember that? No, nah, you're making that up. That, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> vaguely, so vaguely, dude. You vaguely, okay, so come vaguely, on. so vaguely. Anyway, they're anyway. on a. The, <laughs> you don't remember? Oh, they're on a. They're on a ship. They're on a ship, and they're all okay, in okay. brown okay, outfits. Okay, that, that I remember. Escaping yeah. from the ship. Okay, fine. Yeah, fine, yeah, fine. Okay, back to the newbie recap. Basically, this ragtag like army. I keep saying ragtag. I don't know why. This is like the eighth time I said ragtag. Because um, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, this army group they plan, and then Sokka. Sokka gets like nervous when he's trying to like explain the plan to them and he basically has a rambling like newbie recap of the plan (laughs) so his dad has to step up and like inspires them their plan is basically to like drive up to the fire nation and then submarine under the this big huge fire chain link fence which is actually kind of cool and then just like drive up the front steps uh in these like centipede tanks and it actually kind of works but like dot 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 tbd because Aang just flies to the very tippity top to the Fire Nation Lord, to the Fire Throne or whatever it's called. And nobody's there. It's empty. And mm-hmm. it's like a question mark, dun, 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 like what's happening. And it kind of hangs the cliff there. Mini B story is Iroh is in the cell and in his cell and he's starting to talk a lot more. And he basically says to Ming, this like kind jail cell keeper person, you should go home. <laughs> you've been, you've been so nice to me. Or you've been all the really- old- <laughs> What was good, Iro? <laughs> uh, good, good season three, Iro. There, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, like it is best. I don't. Uh, I lost it. <laughs> no, no, you had it. That's it. Uh, it is best that you are not here this afternoon. Like I, 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 I keep going into like Yoda. <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's go, it. Ho- go home. You should. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. He's going to maybe fuck shit up. Yeah. But a fun fact about that that yeah. scene. Did Does Ming sound familiar to you? Dude, I looked it up. I looked it up. Okay, I was about to I looked say. it up. I looked it up. I, I was like, this <laughs> voice is so distinct. I And it's Serena Williams. I, I didn't expect I, it I to remember, be Serena Williams. But. I remember reading that and I'm like, is there just another voice actor that's also named Serena Williams? No, <laughs> it's, it's the Serena Williams, the like greatest of all time tennis player and like i'm like why why did she do this two-line voiceover role there there was a reddit post obviously about it and uh she was literally just a fan of the show so she called in wow okay gave her this little mini role i guess the reddit post made it sound like she also had a small part in uh legend of Korra, but i don't know if that's true i also saw that and out of my memory, I was like, this, I didn't even pick it up when I watched yeah. that show. But it's not yeah. like I've seen so much of Serena's, I, I haven't consumed that much Serena, but like the voice felt so distinct to me. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've heard her voice. I feel like you've, you've heard it enough with yeah. whatever that it's like, okay, that's, that's a celebrity. I know that voice. Hmm. That's it. That's the B story. And then there's Zuko. Oh, that's right. Uh I guess I guess Iroh is like the C story. What happened to Zuko? Zuko, I don't remember much, but he's just being emo in the Fire Nation chambers, dressed in like garb, like robe that's like secretive looking. And he's mm-hmm. like, he looks at a painting of May and says like, oh, sorry, May. And then he just looks at a painting of his mom that's kind of odd looking and says like, I, I'll finally do what's right or something like that. Like, yeah, he leaves a, a note, like a little scroll. 
and then I think he just bounces. Yeah, they leave it there. Yeah. So I, I want to go right into the predictions. Okay. So for Zuko, what's going to happen next? Uh, well, I think it, it seems like Zuko's finally taking action. Yeah. Uh, well, duh, Peter. Like, <laughs> he's doing something. I mean, what I mean is, like, he's been stuck in this, like, denial of his, like, what is my destiny? I think he's actually mm-hmm. starting to own it and, like, take action on a destiny, on his destiny. So I don't know what specifically he'll do, but I think it will be in the form of, like... I think it a- will actually be adversarial to what Azula and Fire Lord Ozai has planned. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think he's actually made, made up his mind to be treasonous. Right, because he takes off his little head thing. Oh, I didn't even see that. He, like, lets down his or, hair because like, he's had his hair up mm, uh, yes. and he does take it off in this episode. Yes. And as we know, when Zuko changes his hair, it means it's yeah, a yeah, different yeah, era yeah, of Zuko. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think for both characters, right? Aang shaves this episode. Yeah. So many parallels between them, always, every episode. <laughs> Foils. I don't know. Let me actually make a tangible prediction, just for funsies. Yeah. I think that his plan is probably really, like, simple and stupid and not that helpful. But he ends up, like, running into Iroh somewhere, and they actually do something that's helpful to the Aang gang. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's going to go off and, like, sabotage some army stuff, let's say. I don't know. Okay. Oh, okay. Actually, I think he's going to go call off Sparky Boom Boom Man. He's going to go call him. Okay. And like stop him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Random prediction. That's more of like a, like a throwaway prediction. Okay. I have, I don't have strong conviction about that. I think Iroh, I have this eerie feeling that Iroh like knows that the Aang gang is coming for some reason. If not, Iroh definitely knows that it's the day of the Black Sun. Mm -hmm. I still have half a mind that like Iroh has been escaping or like in in incommunicado with someone on the outside because we still don't know who left that dragon scroll for Zuko, right? No. So I I feel like Iroh's like pulling the strings. I I don't think he's escaping in in the night and coming back into the cell, but like I think he's pulling the strings with someone. Hmm. Maybe Zuko's mom. Oh, it's Zuko's mom. No, Zuko's mom's, I think, gone. I think she's long gone. But Iroh's going to bust out. I think he always could have busted out. I think he can like probably melt the bars or just explode out of the cell if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. I think he either discerns that the Aang gang is going to come in the Day of the Black Sun just because he knows that they're smart enough and like they've been to the library. Or did he get that from Toph? No, I don't think so. Or mm-hmm. it's more just that like he knows that this Day of the Black Sun afternoon is like a good time to wreak havoc. Right. So he's going to bust out then and like mm. do a lot of exploding boom, boom. And then on the A-line predictions, like they intentionally didn't show any of the main Fire Nation people, right? Like meaning like Azula, the Fire Lord. Yeah. Clearly the Fire Nation capital being empty has Azula written all over it. Mm. Gotcha. Like trap. So yeah, I think we'll see how that unfolds in the next episode. That's not even a prediction. That's an obvious thing, but... I think yeah. um, it's going to be one of those like switcheroos where like they let their guard down because it's empty and then they get fucked. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that mm-hmm. plays out. What do you think Aang is going to run into next episode then? Like, what is he going to do? How is the battle going to end? You know, what's going to happen to the whole invasion fleet? Oh, maybe they are waiting out the day of the Black Sun. Uh-huh. And they're just like kind of okay with like the uh, infrastructural casual damages that are being done. In, in the meantime, and then, like, the Day of the Black Sun passes, they'll have, like, nowhere near the forces necessary to stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not like 
if they just hide out the day of the black sun and then the the solar eclipse ends it's not like they can keep like they don't have the forces to keep the capital yeah the forces need to be destroyed during the solar eclipse yeah that's their plan was just to take out the fire lord the fire lord yeah ah this is so late i feel like there's gonna be more of a twist than this more of like a gotcha i don't know what leverage that they have on the end gang is yeah but okay here's my prediction i don't know if this is right but like based on what i have i think my guess is that the solar eclipse is gonna come and go and then as the solar mm-hmm. eclipse ends and like the sun emerges, you're going to see the troops re- come to retake the city. Okay. And they're basically, and then they're going to retreat? The- yeah, I think they're basically going to take heavy losses, all lose all the equipment stuff, and like maybe even like one of the people gets hurt. Yeah. Kind of like Sokka's dad this episode. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think they retreat and they're like, morale is like really low. They're like, what the fuck do we do? It's only a matter of time before... They get found and like deaded. Yeah. I think that's going to be episode, <laughs> okay. the part two. Okay. That's sufficient for me. <laughs> I like to hear all that. One thing we didn't touch on was that Aang smooches Katara. Oh, yeah. So what do you think about that? I think that Aang is canceled because she did not consent and <laughs> that was sexual assault. <laughs> it felt like, I don't know, not, not, not casual is not the right word, but it felt, it felt mature. It felt like. Less like, ooh, or like, gasp. It, it was it yeah. was really like, it, it felt, it had the weight of like someone going off to war. And like. Mm-hmm. I think that's the intention that Aang had. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah. T- this is, he is viewing this as his like climax, his biggest moment. Yeah. As the Avatar. Yeah. And I think it was, uh, you know, it takes on a different context in, in that moment when like you're you're kind of facing life or death. Yeah. And you're going into something bigger than yourselves. So it like doesn't have the weight of like, you know, if you kiss your coworker, it's like, okay, but like we have to work together. What does this mean? It's more like, yeah, we might not come back from this. And we both know that like, I have this feeling for you and I'm not afraid to manifest it because I'm not afraid. Like I'm about to lay down my life for something that we both potentially Mm -hmm. lay down my life for something that we both believe in. So yeah, it came off in like grown way. Um, Katara does like blush and like have a little smitten thing about it, but it's not, it's much less like puppy love. Ooh, than the smooches have been in the past. Yeah. Uh, And like all the smooches in the show. I mean, Mm -hmm. all right, let's talk about our favorite parts. Yep. Yep. Definitely the procession. I would, I would say on the fire nation main road to the capital, I guess Mm -hmm. I really, I think like the swamp benders, were really fun and the water bending yeah. throughout the the march was really fun because water bending like made the submarines work. They like powered their missiles with yeah, water bending. The torpedoes too. were like yeah. in ice and they powered the tor- like basically just Yeah. Eh, this is kind of a critique too, but like they just got like 100 years of like technology and said like <laughs> Yeah, they're like ah, bending. <laughs> you know. I thought the same I thought the same thing where the inventor guy. Yeah. I mean, he's made similar stuff before. He has like these steampunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ta- he made the tanks, and he made the that the Fire Nation uses, and yeah. he made the airships that was yep. in that episode. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The submarine, though, like something about the interior of the submarine, I was like, this looks very futury. Yeah, it was very high tech. Yeah, yeah. and metally. Yeah. Whereas the tanks were like pretty like Flintstonesy, and I was like, <laughs> better about that. You know, it was like yeah, pretty much a. Uh, stone dome 
that yeah. like they were just like kind of like they're shooting out of it do, like, <laughs> like pushing like earthbenders <laughs> yeah. um from <laughs> the flintstones i like that um i'm laughing at my own joke guys and and, and also declaring it <laughs> peter funny uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the waterbending a lot. Like flying around on an armored Appa with like water bar- barrels on the side of Appa that bust open. And then like Katara like ice tips her arms and like breaks the towers that are shooting fire missiles. That stuff was really badass. I thought the centipede design of the tanks was like kind of cool. I thought it was a little gimmicky. And then I realized like, okay, no, no, no. If, if you have airbender or earthbenders in here, I believe that this right. thing can work and like be very flexible and durable. I thought... Katara's dad's like military leadership Aragorn vibes was actually compelling. The speech that he made with like the military drums in the background. What else? I feel like I'm not doing it justice because I'm like kind of low energy right now. Like I, I don't remember the vivid details, but it was a it was a good, like fun action episode. And specifically about the action, I liked that this episode has I always call it the Sokka moments because he doesn't mm. get that much time to be like awesome. Yeah. But in this episode, when he has his sword and he he gets to like cut the the ballistas, mm. it's like shing, like right down the middle. It's nice when he gets that, and I, I yeah. appreciate that they gave that to him this episode. And he does have like a big character moment this episode with yeah, he's rising to the occasion to be a leader. I think there's still something like because like I like that he, they're giving him this like military strategist thing mm. because that's like clearly just as valuable as being a powerful ven- bender. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can't just you can't take down the Fire Nation with like Toph's bending alone. Mm-hmm. You theoretically could if you were like as powerful of a bender as like Roku was in his prime, but like that's not right. where Ang is at, right? Actually, that reminds me like there were several times where I was like, dang, if Ang was a powerful firebender, like all of this would be so much easier. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he could like negate or melt or like, yeah, a lot of the offensive power that the Fire Nation has. I also think, as you mentioned, Toph, Toph didn't. Like, wasn't seen doing very much this episode. Yeah. And when I, I was thinking when they invaded the Earth Nation, I mean, that's definitely more her element, right? I mean, li- yeah. No pun, in, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it makes more sense that she can... It was mostly her that was like, I'm just... She did almost everything to invade the, like, Earth Palace. mm Kind of on her own. But then again, she's fighting against Earthbenders, which she had yeah, done her whole yeah, life. Yeah. At the same time, I was like, I feel like Toph can do this alone. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> everything they're they're throwing at Toph, it's like, yeah, they're throwing boulders, like flaming boulders at Toph. Like she can just like yeah. deflect that easily. I don't know. I just think Toph is so cool. Like and any almost any combat scenario, I'm like, Toph could do that on her own. <laughs> yeah, you're right, huh? Yeah. Toph definitely could, even without like the tanks. Yeah, she's just creating like barriers around herself, you know. Yeah. She could She's so did, cool. She could just make quicksand out of everything around her. Yeah. You know. Just tu- just tunnel. God damn it. Why don't they do that? The, all the earthbenders can just tunnel everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Theoretically. Well, the good ones. And I think the and good I think ones. it did show that the boulder and the other guy like they are maybe not as strong as Toph, but they are pretty deft earthbenders, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They they like very much not only held their own like Clearly very strong assets for the team. Mm-hmm. This was very reminiscent of the procession that they had on the Earth Capitol. Yep. And I think that procession was so much better. There was, I agree. There was a lot of yeah. like bending. There was a lot of choreography and like each person was like synchronized. Each person was kind of doing their own thing. 
And it was very, very uh, beautiful. They came down and then that episode did the thing where they like use earth bending and water bending in ways that you haven't seen before. They yeah. didn't do as much of that this episode. They, it was more about these machines, yeah. which are fun to look at. But I think bending is always going to beat that. I think it's um, maybe there's a part of me that like the kid in me that likes Gundams and like Beyblades and like <laughs> Zoids. That, like, maybe when I watched this as a young Nickelodeon kid, I would have been like, oh, cool, look at this tank. But, like, yeah. I think even then, like, it it, it's, it comes off gimmicky to me. It comes yes. off lazy to me. Like, don't get me wrong. I think, like, the animators that designed the tanks, like, I I, I don't mind the design. But, like, as narrative devices, it, it just feels like a cop-out. Specifically because the strength of this, of this show is that when – any of the benders do anything. It's like not only are they moving the elements, it's in the way that they move. It's a martial art yeah. and it's bending. And I think that's what makes the show so strong. Like I remember um, I like to make a comparison of Avatar versus Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Dragon Ball Z is still cool. Like the way that they they get hyped up or they get powered up and then they <laughs> shoot laser beams at each other. But yeah, I think Avatar is so much stronger in conveying that because like – and that's the issue with with Dragon Ball and stuff like that is that you don't always understand why they got more powerful. It's like yeah. they just get more determined, more angry. They just go and then they ah! get more powerful. They scream louder. They scream yeah, louder, yeah. and that makes them win. And their hair changes color. Yeah, and like that. Okay, <laughs> but I think the reason that Avatar succeeds so well is that when someone is like a really good bender, it's it's like you you can see it in the way that they're moving. Yeah. And when you have machines like this, you just don't get that. Yeah, it, it, it kind of uh, takes the soul out of the universe, which is why we love the show. Yeah. It's just out of place, dude. It's like if Harry Potter started talking about penicillin or something. Like, <laughs> like it's just like, uh, but that's not this world, bro. Like, Yeah, but yeah, that's not like, what this is about, you know? I, and it's, it's not like, about that. Okay, but like... It, it it just like throws off the the power balance balance and the physics of the world for me. Yeah. Also visually, it just feels out of place. It's in three D, like the yeah, yeah, the yeah. submarines and some moments with the caterpillars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. are in three D and it, like some of it looks a little goofy. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. be honest. Like when I mean, it, like yeah. climbed on top of this little tower and like <laughs> crunched it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That looks like, weird. All right, this is a weird bit. Like, yeah, all the critique. I think the most shitting on that i did was the first episode with the the flying wheelchair kid yeah and they, they just br brought a lot of that back yeah and a lot episode. of a lot of my qualms with that episode it, it felt similar it felt similar yep. like the yep. the snack compartment in the in ang's new flying thing like yeah i like saw that coming from a mile away and like right. when they did a callback to it and it wasn't that funny yeah there was a bit where like there was a truck that was like carrying rocks yeah and it got exploded and then they did a little bit where like the truck, the back of it's blown off and just like the front is like doing a wheelie and yeah. like tinkering along. Like I was like, why are you doing this bit? This is yeah. war. Yeah. Like yeah. this person could have and probably would have died if it wasn't Nickelodeon. Like, And that bit also didn't make sense to me. I'm like, why are they lugging earth <laughs> along earth? Like they can just pick, pick it up, up yeah, out of the yeah, ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of holes you can poke in like the physics of this procession yeah. 
Also, yeah. like I will say, as a military strategy, like marching up the steps yeah. like that. Like, that's that's what I was th- like immediately. I think I'm we're like, on critiques at this point, right? Yeah, 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 we are. The whole strategy of like let's go straight right when they're where they'd expect us to be. Yeah, go straight there, and it's like you have. There's so many advantages in being waterbenders and in being earthbenders that they're not they did take advantage of an airbender like all right just fly straight there cool yeah like that that was like okay but everything else yeah just was not i mean i guess they don't have that many waterbenders but they do have plenty of earthbenders and there's a lot you can do with earthbending that was not utilized here yeah not at all and i think maybe it'll come to light in the next episode that like front procession was supposed to be a decoy or something, but I don't think that's the case. I think that was like the genuine plan of like, let's just sneak in and like surprise attack, like blitzkrieg them. And then it'll be right before the black sun. And then that's our clinch, but it's such a hail Mary all or nothing. Mm -hmm. It really could be such a pipsqueak. You just ruined your one chance to save the world by like running headfirst into Goliath. Yeah. Leroy Jenkins arms flailing, which it definitely felt that way. Yeah. Like, even if, and I'm assuming that it's Azula's thinking that, like, that's why it's empty and, like, there's some trap set. But, like, even if that trap wasn't set, and even if people weren't expecting this, they'd be like, yeah, squash them. It's, like, ten people. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Yeah. Or, like, Fire Lord could, the Fire Lord Ozai could come out and just, like, flamey all of them. Yeah. And it would yeah, be yeah. just squashed. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you would have a lot of military forces around your capital. A couple other, like, nitpicky critiques. Okay, so I think there's, I'm being a stickler, but I still think it's right to be a stickler. Like, a lot of the military stuff doesn't make sense. Like, why were there conveniently three perfectly sized holes for three submarines? That's, that's what I to, thought. To squeeze yep. through underneath, like, the, I don't know, like the, like, the gates that they blew up? I get that they have those so that they can, like, change the water level if they yeah. want to, but... But I still don't buy yeah, it. It just took me out of it that like, oh, can the animators just like draw like, it's like a Star diff- Wars moment. Yeah. Just like draw <laughs> different holes. Yeah. There's three submarines and there's three perfectly sized sewage drain holes. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The other thing is like, why wouldn't you submerge into your submarine before they saw the ships? Yeah. Because they, they wanted a dramatic reveal. Of like, ha, we there. We got it. Yeah. Because if you're, you're a fire right. nation and you just like find empty water tribe ships you're gonna either be like did they go underwater or like you're not gonna be like oh well i guess they just gave us ships and left like (laughs) let's let her guard down you're gonna be like alerted so why don't you just submerge before they see you because they knew that they would have to rise back up at some point because there's a very large bay Yeah, yeah yeah that's there they knew they'd have to do something about that and like go back up but if they just Sure, but yeah, then just ex- do that further away. It. Yeah, and then re yeah. re submerge twice. I don't know. So that that was mm-hmm. another one. I just flatly will say like, what? How does this guy? This guy was like hidden in like the Northern Air Tribe temple or something. Like, how does this guy have the R and D budget for, to to develop and test and create like <laughs> like these tanks cost governments like hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> right? Like these ships. Inventing a yeah. submarine, even with water bending, with water, be- but like, and he like, couldn't test. There's no water benders yeah. there. <laughs> like, uh, you're saying this man just invented submarines out of the blue off of a crayon drawing from something? Like, that's not. 
these are high pressure like chamber device like you know like <laughs> This is so it's so it's way too convenient. It's 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 yeah. almost Deus Ex Machina. Yep. To invent that the the stuff that they invented. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then kind of the other thing. This is less of a critique on Avatar specifically, and more of a critique on how I think Hollywood and like media in general usually treats military, especially mm. especially around like um this point. You reminded me of when you were talking about how like in RPGs, like you gather forces and it's like seven yeah. people kind of thing. But like, yeah. I think, I think even worse is when um, you have like a battle against like tens of thousands, mm-hmm. but because of the story, you focus on the fight between like the seven people. Yeah. And then the fight between like the million forces and the million forces just seems like a minor eighth character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know what you mean. and that always bothered me stories don't delve into like what goes into raising feeding inspiring mm. leading the politics behind like and obviously it's because like the uh, talking about stuff like that is more complex and audience like yeah. generally you you like a human generally audiences resonate more with individual subjective narratives and like yeah. a hero's journey more but i think that is more of a restriction of Hollywood and less that, and that storytellers don't know how to do it that well yet because in anime and in Asian, like medieval content, that's like my favorite part of it. Like that, that's like, yeah, like attack on Titan talks about this really well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of three kingdom stories yeah. is about the generals successfully leading their armies. Yeah. And a lot of the plots comes from, Oh, are they losing faith in their troops? Are they going to yeah. walk away from them? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just never a consideration in yeah. shows like this. I'm not necessarily saying like, oh, like we all should have like better war literacy. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love playing RTS. Like I love playing StarCraft. Yeah. And like that gets me thinking a lot about like resources versus troops and like yeah. strategy and map vision and timing. And I love when stories do that storytelling well. And I just feel like this episode is signaling to me that like the, the show's not going to care about that at all. Yeah. This reminds me of um, when I play D and D. Yeah, like I'm I'm the only person in my group that cares about that as well, and yeah. so like I'm trying to like my character is all, like one of the the only character in my group that a lot of the other characters are kind of like joke characters, right? <laughs> but so my character's the only one that's like trying to think of like strategy or whatever. The other ones are just like along for the ride, essentially. But they are smunk born. Yeah, <laughs> and so that happens a lot. It's like I'm trying to think of the whole military strategy, and even the DM is like. Okay, yeah, that happens, but then it doesn't work, right? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like th- that's just not the that's not the priority in certain stories. Yeah, in this, yeah, in yeah. this story, it's not a priority either. Yeah, I think that's a shame. I think that's the one area that, like, I don't think the showrunners uh, that that's a that's a big ordeal to take on. Yeah, because that's so hard to pull off with like this budget and this time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the one trope that I see in uh, Eastern like animes that this show didn't like kind of adopt. Yeah. Like this is okay. Here it is. One piece. (laughs) I've talked about this before, but like the one piece equivalent of like the dragon ball Z vamping power up vamping is like the forces sprinting from one side of a battlefield to another rendezvous point in a battlefield. And Uh like a lot of times, like that'll take like 20 episodes. Oh man, 20, 10 to 20, like, like things happen and like 
battles happen <laughs> through it. But like, there's like 10, 20 episodes where like, yeah, and, but but they show like a bird's eye view map of the battlefield yeah. and show arrows with like icons for like the different like party members that are in yeah. like different factions. And you see like, okay, this was the plan, but like the opponents countered with this thing or like mm. this person with a power that like hard counters this person was here. So like this person is like shit's hitting the fan, but there's no way to uh, communicate that to this party. So like you see the live plan and un- like unfolding in like ways that you didn't expect. And that that's like the riveting fun of it for me. Like the chess logistics. Yeah. yeah. I guess we're the two of us. Anyone who plays strategy games is going to be way more interested in the logistics. But I think yeah, what separates out avatar from anime is I feel like it's a much more character focused. You're right. Right. sort of show and that's why it's it's all about can Sokka rise to the occasion that's what i think this episode is doing primarily yeah you're right you're right i think <clears throat> i do think this show is stronger than a lot of the animes in uh like character depth philosophy and tenderness and theme mm. Mm. i think it's rare that you do find it in animes but it'll be more like ghibli yeah you know you don't really get the shonen power save the world along with the self-reflection spirituality Mm -hmm. yeah i think we should move on to the bogus thesis bogus thesis time yep yep are you ready for this is bogus this is truly bogus yeah what is the name of the inventor guy i don't even know uh the wiki says he is called the mechanist the mechanist oh that's so lame like he doesn't have a name essentially Ugh. Ugh. Okay, my bogus thesis is that the mechanist is a mole and he's in the pocket of the Fire Nation. So they fund the Fire Nation funded him. Yeah. I think that is the only way that he would have had the technological and raw material resources to build and test these equipment things and like the money. And 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 the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz previously he was going along with Fire Nation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're 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 Putting up my supporting arguments for me. I think he's a coward. I think he's a shitty character. Uh, I think he's. I think he gave Azula and the Fire Lord intel that they were coming that day. He's truly the mastermind behind the whole thing. That's what you're saying. No, I don't think he's the mastermind, but I think he. I think he gave Azula. I think he's a rat. I think he gave them intel that they're gonna invade and and uh, like come that day in that way. Okay. So I think the I think that's how the Fire Nation like I think the Fire Nation is just going through the motions of like, oh no, you went under my ch- chain ocean chain link fence on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh no, like you destroyed a few of my towers like b- while they evacuate. Mm-hmm. Um and what's his motive? His motive is that like he's a coward and that he gets security and money to build toys. And be like the military inventor for the Nazis. I mean, the Fire Nation. Got it. Well, I'm <laughs> eager to see if that comes true. Huh. Maybe this bogus thesis is not so bogus after all. We'll see. We'll have to wait to the next episode. Ah, you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> all right. My bogus thesis. Yeah. I kind of touched on this, but that is that hair. Hair is an affirmation <laughs> of identity. Okay. I love this. I love this. We're talking about Zuko. Yeah. And that he lets his hair down from his fire. He had this Fire Nation thing on his head. Yeah. The little crown thing. He took it off. 
kind of we also saw before Roku had one of those too. Yeah. But he had to give that up when he became the Yeah. When he did his training. But Zuko got rid or Zuko took it off and he let his hair down. Aang Aang said, I'm gonna shave my head again mm. because he's embracing his destiny. Yeah. Zuko is taking shedding his Fire Nation identity and Aang is shedding his disguise. Yeah, he's embracing and, his identity. And lastly, Haru, he grows a mustache <laughs> because he's embracing his identity of yeah. the anonymous earthbender. <laughs> he won't be imprisoned anymore because he has the mustache. So, bogus. so people won't be able to see that's the guy who yeah. was doing the, the earthbending. And he can be the anonymous earthbender. And that's my thesis, is that it's a conscious decision of identity and haru consciously said i'm gonna be anonymous because we frequently associate wanting to be in disguise as wearing a mustache think about those little novelty the thing where it's like glasses and nose and mustache yeah the like groucho mr potato marks. head thing yeah wait the what the groucho marks glasses what's that's what it's called yeah groucho marks is like a slapstick comedian um from like mm. I don't know, the black and white era. He, uh, okay. Yeah. He invented. Like, no, he just had that look. Oh, okay. It's kind of like Charlie Chaplin and the mustache. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I see the mustache as being a symbol of this is a, 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 a nobody. This is an anonymous person. Yeah. I won't be seen this way. And he won't be targeted again and thrown into prison. Dude, the sincerity of which you are explaining <laughs> that. Haru is like one of your supporting arguments is like <laughs> truly me squeezing out an essay for my freshman like final exactly. at 3 a.m. before the deadline. And exactly how I'm trying to squeeze out a thesis in the next six minutes before I start work. <laughs> so I just want to thank everyone again for listening. We have Day of the Black Sun, Day of Black Sun, part two, the eclipse up oh, next. Beautiful. And I can't wait to see you all there. Let me thank our sponsor. Our sponsor this time, Catalina. Oh, okay. No, I was going to say Visit. <laughs> what are uh, you going to say? Great. I was going to say uh, Masterclass for public speaking. <laughs> Both. Masterclass for public speaking. Sokka, he made a lot of mistakes there. But I was going to say Catalina because you can go to Catalina and do a submarine thing. Oh, you can? It's not actually. It's, it's kind of like, it just like moves you. It's oh, not like okay. you're like driving around. It like it moves underwater. It yeah. goes around like a little course. Yeah. I did a zip line there. It was fun. Oh, me too. I did the zip lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to go back to Catalina because I got into snorkeling and I'm like, Ooh. I hear that's the best place in California to do it. So oh, really? I need to head back. It's a quick, quick little ferry ride from Long Beach. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I love California. I'm a big California. I fan. miss it, dude. Ugh, it's cold out here. I miss having you in California as well. Well, that's all we have in our episode this week. Make sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. And again, feel free to fill out that Spotify thing. Let us know your thoughts. And we'll see you next time. Any words of wisdom, Peter? You should practice your public speeches. <laughs> Talk into the mirror. Scream into a pillow. 